0: Welcome to the Unstoppable CEO Podcast with Steve Gordon. Welcome to the Unstoppable CEO Podcast. I'm your host, Steve Gordon. And in today's episode, I'm very excited to be talking with one of our clients, Michael Wenderoth. Uh, Michael's an executive coach. He helps executives really rethink their assumptions about power and authenticity so that they can become more effective. And I have to tell you, his approach to navigating of the Modern Workplace is so unique and I'm, I'm so excited that he's here to share it with you. I think it's going to give you a completely different perspective on how to deal with conflict in the workplace and office politics and it's something you've never heard before. I can guarantee it. Uh, And so um, I'm really happy to have him here. We're lucky to have him here. He's a a contributor to Harvard Business Review and Forbes. He speaks worldwide. He lectures at uh, business schools both in in Europe and at at the Stanford Business School here in the U.S. And so, uh, Michael, welcome to the Unstoppable CEO Podcast.
1: Thanks, Steve. Great to be here.
0: So I can't wait to dive into this approach that, that you have, uh, but before we do, I wanna give everybody some context. How did you get to this kind of stage of your career?
1: Sure. Uh, well, I'm an executive coach, as you said, and I've been doing that for several years now. I feel really um, a pleasure to work with and lucky to work with clients and executives worldwide. Um, but prior to that, I, I've had this very diverse, you know, 20 plus year career, um, in senior roles, marketing, product management, general management—that took me, you know, with high growth in startups, multinationals in China, um, in the in the states, in Silicon Valley, and uh, in Europe, where, where I'm I'm based now. But when you kind of look back, and it was it was you know interesting for me to reflect on this. There's there's basically three themes. Um, I mean, I'm very curious. I studied history. I always kind of want to know why things happen. Is probably what drove me to marketing. Um, but two, I'm also this a, a doer, right? I, I have an MBA. I, I was at Stanford, but I like to say that um, I'm more proud of my GSD, which is the the get shit done. Um, <laughs> and when you you know when you're working a startup, I'm getting my coaching practice growing right now. You 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 wear a lot of hats. You do a lot of things. You get stuff done. Um, and then the third element, um, which is I I really love helping people. Um, so when I you know throughout my career working with teams, developing those the people around me. Um, and now I get to do that all the time, uh, working with, uh, executives. So, um, you know, that, uh, is is kind of the arc uh, of the career. And I mean, I guess I would just say one thing here in terms of, um, and I don't want to get ahead of ourselves, but you know, in in marketing, I I always enjoyed observing people, right? Because people don't always do what they tell you that they're going to do. Um, and so this observation, I, um, I turned that many years ago, looking inside of the organizations I worked for and those of peers and i I noticed started to notice something, and that was the the, the guys and the women um, who, who were getting ahead right rising up in the organizations getting there faster um, didn't always resemble this ideal we have of you know and what frankly most of the we'll talk about the coaching industry, the leadership industry uh, teaches, which is, you know, be humble, be authentic, you know, always be positive, be a servant. And so there was this big disconnect. And and, and I saw this also with peers that I talked to um, who were rising or not rising in the organization. So I just, I thought that was really interesting. Um, And and I guess we can circle back to that later. Um, Just turning the lens on on people and organizations, because. Their people and people aren't always rational and organizations have their own dynamics to them.
0: Well, yeah. And I, I definitely want to dive into that. And, you know, as you've, as you've worked through corporations and then now out, um, you know, on your own building a business, what are some of the things that you found to be most effective to, to help you kind of push through when things get difficult?
1: Well, I think that the, I've changed, careers many times, right? So there's, it's interesting because there's this process of reinvention that goes on. And I've shifted geographies. I've shifted industries, size of companies, um, gone to places where I had no networks. Um, And that's not always the best career advice, right, if you want to go up. But it certainly um, helps you adapt. Um, And so one of the things um, I think is really important and, and and this kind of forced me to think about those things is, you know, what's your big why? Um, you know, we can do these kind of carrots and sticks to, to, to motivate us or get us to do things in the short term, but you know, you kind of always got to go back to a North star, which, which can shift over time. Um, and that's also when I've made shifts every five years or so forced me to reevaluate those. Um, but it's to understand kind of what's your why, right? It, it be that, you know, money, fame, time. Right? My, my perspective has shifted. I, I want time with my family and, and my kids. Um, so it's so it's number one is is understanding what the why is, um, and I believe. I mean, I I do set goals. Um, I, I get you know have a high ambition on those things, but to not always be incessantly focused on those things and to start doing. I um, mean, I know this is one of the things you know, working with you that we, that we talk a lot about. Of you know, you got to go do things, um, and I'm a firm believer that action drives insight versus the other way around. Um, you know, if we sit and we think about something and plan, 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 that that's going to suddenly cause a eureka. Whereas, any of you study a lot of entrepreneurs, right, and the ones I've worked with, you know, they do stuff, they they, they try stuff, and out of that. Um, you get data, you get data points, and that often, you know, drives a lot of insight. So those are the kind of things that have shifted me. I've, you know, I, I, when, when I moved, I, I'm now live, live down here in Spain, and I, I moved down here for family reasons, and I didn't have a huge network or, or, or people. And it actually forced me to think about, hey, what is it that I want out of life and, and work? And, um, you know, <laughs> necessity, I guess, a little mother invention. Um, but it causes you to, to, to look at those questions.
0: Yeah. You know, you hear a lot of people talking about this idea of what, you know, having your big why Um, I've, I've worked with a lot of business owners who they, they see that and then they overcomplicate the heck out of it. You know, like they sit and think they got to go sit on a mountain and it's gotta be this earth shattering thing. And, and I've always felt like it's, you know, if it's not readily apparent to you, it's probably not your big why. You know, like if you don't know kind of what it is, like immediately, then you're making too much out of this and you're searching for something that, that probably isn't there. And, and oftentimes people do that because they really just want the distraction of, you know, the search rather than dealing with the reality of, okay, this is why I'm doing it. Now that I know that I got to go do something, which you mentioned, you know, Mm because that's the second part and that's the harder, scarier part of, of the whole process is once you know why you're doing something, which I think is relatively easy to figure out, then you got to figure out, okay, I got to go do stuff. And and now that's probably, if you're growing a business, not probably, it is guaranteed to put you in a situation where you're out of your comfort zone on a regular basis. In fact, you need to get comfortable with being uncomfortable. I mean, that, that's yeah. your new comfort zone.
1: Um, yeah, that's, that, that, that's huge. And I, and I, you know, I really believe that you got to do that. I mean, I, I, I was very introverted, right? Growing up. And uh, now I speak a lot, you know, in front of audiences and you know, that, that process, you, you just kind of get out there up on stage <laughs> and, and you learn from it. And I, and I really do believe you learn a lot from your failures and then that's what drives things and, you know, helps you get better, um, idea of deliberate practice. But, but doing those things is, is critical. And, it, and it's one of the things I, I really emphasize in my coaching. That's what helps, you know, get results. Cause we, we play in our head a lot or we self handicap.
0: Yeah, completely. Um, it's funny, if if anyone who knew me as a kid saw what I do now, like saw, <laughs> hey, on this podcast, he's talking to people that are on the other side of the planet, um, they'd go, yeah, no, that's not the same person. But, and, and I think this is what trips a lot of people up. Um, you know, we talk about this whole idea of being unstoppable, and, you know, on the podcast and, and uh, it really boils down to some very simple things. Um, And I think you've hit on an important one um, and and the linkage between kind of knowing why and, and then getting into action. Um, The action is, you know, people will ask like, so how did you get to that point? And, you know, if somebody who knew me as a kid would were to ask, well, how'd you get to the point where you're, you know, writing books and you've got a podcast and you're doing all this stuff. And it's totally out of character for where I was at that age. Mm. There's no answer to how did you get there? Cause it's not one thing. It's, well, you know, I remember giving the first speech that I ever gave out of college. I was like two months out of college and it was the worst speech in the world ever, like history of the universe, but I did it. So I got a little bit better. I got a little more confidence. It's, it's all those little action steps along the way yeah. that I think, the, that make the difference. So if you don't get out and do it to your point, um, you know, you're never gonna get there. You can't get there by thinking it.
1: Yeah, and, and I, that's why I think it's, it's, it's useful to have, we can call them mentors, we can call them coaches, advisors, to, to have those people around you who, who one, push you on some of those aspects and, and two, give you some feedback. I mean, I, I look back and I think we all look back and say who were the best coaches or the best teachers we had and they weren't the ones who were softest on us. <laughs> <laughs> no yeah they they pointed stuff out um and that, that's that's what really like you said causes that that growth um and, and I believe it is doing some stuff that we're uncomfortable but you know we we all have to make that choice <laughs> where you want to go and what you're comfortable with but but really the growth comes from the the stretch
0: yeah it's you know it's really funny to observe so my my wife um uh, manages a a a medical practice, and they 've got you know i don 't know fifty or, or so employees, maybe more than that now and it 's so interesting to because it 's such a different world than what we operate in in, in you know running businesses and trying grow, growing businesses to hear the challenges that that her people have and you know i 've studied this stuff for a long time and and you know i 'm kind of to the point where I think people are where they are in life for all of their circumstances, whether it's their, their social circumstance or their economic circumstance or whatever they are where they are to the degree to which, you know, they're willing to make themselves endure that discomfort. And those of us who are, you know, able to build businesses and, and, and create wealth are putting ourselves in those positions a whole lot more often. And it's, I get, you know we both know and everybody listening to this knows it's not an easy thing to do like you're constantly in a in a state of of uh almost fear you know like because you don't have yet the confidence to go do something, you probably don't have the capability the skill or 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 the resources to go do it, but you've decided to go do it and you're committed to doing it, and so you've got to now go and and act and and you know, I think you would probably say, and I know it's been my experience that, that all of those answers come along the way. The confidence mm-hmm. comes along the way, the Absolutely. resources and the capabilities come along the way. But, um, but man, standing there at the beginning, you taking that first step, yeah. it takes a little bit of courage.
1: <laughs> exactly. And I, I mean, when I talk to executives, I say, well, you know, where do, where do you want to go and why? Why is that important? Um, because I think that's really fundamental and, and you know, you sure you want to go there, right? <laughs> because it's going to take these things that you may look down on, you shy away from, right? What, what, are, what are obstacles? And a lot, of, again, comes back to things that you're holding yourself back, not doing.
0: So I, I think this is a really good kind of, uh, of introduction into what we're going to talk about next related to power. Um, And so I want to take a quick break here. We're going to be back with more from Michael and, and he's going to share with us his very unique viewpoint on power in the workplace If you run a business or if you're in a business, you need to listen to this because this is gonna change your paradigm. So we'll be right back with more from Michael Wendroff. Hi, this is Steve. I hope you're enjoying this interview. We've got more to come in a minute, but what I'd love for you to do right now is rate this podcast. Leave us a review, rate us on iTunes. It'll really help others discover the podcast and help us help other CEOs, other business leaders become unstoppable. So if you go to unstoppableceo.net, forward slash iTunes. You can find instructions there and links that will take you right to where you need to go to review the podcast. Thanks so much. Now back to the interview. Hey, welcome back. This is Steve Gordon. I'm interviewing Michael Wendroth. He is an executive coach. And uh, and if you heard the first part of the interview, you know that, uh, that we sort of laid the groundwork for what Michael's going to share with you next. And so Michael, tell us a little bit about your your approach to power in the workplace. It's, it's, it's not this, hey, you need to be you know, your authentic self and, and uh, you know, be the servant and all of that sort of thing. It's very, very different from the conventional view.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, it's going back to just you know, look around your own organizations right, and your own experience. And one of the things is really just kind of study, and this is what I kind of did early on, the people who are rising, the people who rose to leadership or positions of, of power. Um, and not to rely on kind of what they say they they do or espouse, um, but to actually study how they got there. Um, and this is where I think it's, it gets really interesting in terms of how power is, you know, accumulated, held, lost, um, and I, I mean, I just want to say kind of the short thing that I do and I tell people because I, 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 a lot of coaches don't like what I do or they, they, they kind of uh, resent uh, some of the things that I, I, I say, but I think it's true. And if we looked at social science, I think would back it. But I help good people, hardworking people who aren't getting ahead, um, get ahead um, without losing their integrity. Um, you know, Leo DeRocher said, right, good guy, nice guys finish last. And um, that doesn't have to be the case, but nice guys need to figure out how the game is played um, and to embrace some new strategies. Um, so, so what I would say here, uh, you know, to the point of, you know, what my coaching looks at is that if you study these people, you start to see strategies and playbook of how people, you know, rise and accumulate power. And it does not resemble these things that, you know, I call it the Kumbaya school. Um, you know, be authentic, be honest, be a servant, um, positive. There, there, there are good things in there. Don't get me wrong. Um, but simply put, a lot of people who rise in leader, you know, and leaders are not doing those things. Okay. Um, why is this disconnect? I'll just say one thing. I mean, one is because we all want to believe the, the world is a fair place. Right. So we are, that is ingrained into us in the States. Um, you know, my mother's Chinese. I grew up like work hard, keep your head down and good things will happen um well well, they don't right and we know that those who rise to the top i studied history you know they they write the history book in a way that's favorable to them so you read these ceo biographies and then simply telling people nice things that they they want to hear sells right so that's why most of the coaching and leadership industry perpetuates this myth it's not a just world and if we take a very real politic approach and you look at the social science you start to see things Um, that people do, right? Those who are perceived as powerful, right? (laughs) Who are maybe even aggressive or don't apologize are viewed as powerful, right? Um, Those who self-promote, right? You have to be visible, right? You cannot promote what you do not know. Um, So there are elements of this, those who are well-networked, those who help others in power, right? These are all strategies and, and pieces that help people ride up faster, you know, or get outsized bonuses. In fact, there's good research that really shows your performance is not really correlated. Your actual performance is not correlated to promotions, raises, etc. Okay. But your political skills are okay. That's, that's a driver. Um, so the coaching that I do forces people to look at this and face this reality and to say, Hey, you know, I don't necessarily have to be some of those people. We can look at examples in politics, in companies, et cetera. Um, But you should learn how those strategies could be harnessed and used around self-promotion, around uh, leveraging networks, okay, around how you act and and are presented. Um, And so it challenges a lot of these prevailing, you know, the Kumbaya School of Leadership, uh, to say, hey, you need to toughen up. You need to do some of those things, and find a way that is m- maybe authentic to you, um, but that you can use. And you know, it, it does cause a lot of people to feel uncomfortable. You know,
0: what what I think is important for for folks listening, because if you hear this, you could take this and, and walk away and say, well, you know, he's he's really just saying, you know play the power games and play the politics and do all of that stuff. And, and and that's, that's only part of what you're saying. What you're really saying is, Hey, wake up that the world that we all want to believe is there where everything is fair. And, and if you just work hard and, and do what you're supposed to do, you'll get ahead. You know, we all want to believe that's true, but let's wake up and let's, let's, get into reality. And the reality is that nobody ever said the world was fair. Nobody ever said that there was, you know, anything approaching equality. If in, in fact, um, you know, in the U S we w- more and more, we have people believing that, that that's the case. But if you go back and read the constitution, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's very, very clear. Uh, and, and, and the declaration of independence, very, very clear. I mean, the, the promise that the country was founded on was a, a uh, a guarantee of life liberty and the pursuit of happiness everybody likes right. to leave out the pursuit of they think it's <laughs> life liberty and happiness no 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 that right. isn't guaranteed you know you get to pursue happiness and you get the freedom to do that any way you want and i think that's a i mean we we can laugh and joke about it that's a really key distinction because when you when you add those other three words in there the pursuit of that puts now the responsibility on you to go get that and and part of that responsibility is understanding the game that you're playing and that's yeah. really what you're telling people is, look, getting ahead, getting power in any situation is a game. So you just need to understand how the game's played and yeah. you can play it ethically, you can play it unethically, but you need to play the game.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You need, you need to understand what the landscape looks like. And, and then you can, you know, if you, if you look at the, the strategies people have used or the things that, you know, in their organizations, you, you see what the organization is promoting. And you can either borrow from that playbook, you can radically break rules or you could go elsewhere, right? I mean, this is playing the odds um, if, if that is where you want to go, right? That's a fundamental question, you know, that, that needs to be answered before that. And to go back, Steve, because I, I do feel like what I say gets misinterpreted, you know, it's evil, it's Machiavellian, et cetera. I mean, I'm not saying to do shitty crappy work, okay? Um, I mean everyone executives who come to me are very accomplished they 're very sharp. I work with a lot of engineers um, I work with a lot of um, you know asian uh, Americans who who you know maybe are in the states for a long time and they, and they cap out right or women um, and and so you know i 'm not saying you know be totally incompetent, but i 'm saying you need to shift and realize it 's not just doing the hard work it's it 's doing these other things in the game and i 'm not saying being a jerk either. we see a lot of that. Going on, um, you know. I think there's 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 no place for that. But again, you do see these people rise to very high level positions. Now, what you do when you get to the position is your choice. But first, you got to get there. Okay, you, you have to get there. And um, you know, if we take you know U.S. politics, right? Hillary Clinton lost the election. Okay, so she's on the sideline writing books. The Democratic Party is writing books. That's not a great place to be, you know. And so. I think it was Rahm Emanuel said, you know, be ruthless and idealistic. Um, And I think this is a very, you know, sharp thing. Sometimes you do need to win, right? And so, you know, understand those things and then you can choose, right? What you want to do. But again, people struggle with this because, you know, and and a lot of the execs are now at very high levels where the stakes are much higher. Um, But it's, uh, it's thinking kind of intelligently about, you know, how you want to spend your time, how to be more strategic and deliberate. And, you know, I see, see guys who they, they feel like less competent peers are rising ahead of them. Uh, they got a new boss who comes in or corporate takeover, the winds are changing or they get derailed and that's not a good place to be. You go home, you take it out on your family. Um, and, and so, you know, by employing these things, you know, it's, it's liberating. Um, and I have different, you know, examples from from my coaching practice of how that helps people.
0: Well, so I- I'd like to to kind of look at this in two ways uh first, tell us a little bit about how you uh how you take someone who is inside of an organization and they want to rise uh, and take them kind of through a a process where you you map out the the strategy for how they're going to do that
1: yeah so i mean it first of all starts with this question of wh- where do you want to go right <laughs> not everyone aspires to be in a in a position of power or even rise, right? Maybe you just want autonomy. (laughs) Um, you know, you want your nine to five job and not to be let go, right? You know, so first it's this question of what's your goal and and some self realization around what the obstacles are. And and most of them, again, when people reflect it's it's themselves, right? And and stuff you can't control anyway, you got to let go of that. (laughs) Those are external factors. And then to this point is something we've talked about before is map the landscape in the organization. So I use a, as a tool called a power map, uh, which I've developed, which is you know, very helpful and what you use very early on in the process and say, you know, maybe your goal is a change management initiative, um, maybe it's getting promoted to a certain position, maybe it's shifting somewhere else in the organization. So knowing that destination, destination you then map out, you know, and, and organizations are people, right? <laughs> so you know, who is the person, right? and we are talking about people, you know, that would have the, the most sway in making this happen, right? If they, they went behind this tomorrow, you know, who would that be? And to kind of place them in the center <laughs> and to understand what motivates them, right? What are their business needs? What are their personal kind of ego things? When you get to the high level, that's very important. And just what's a little bit about their background, where do they go to school, What you know? And then you map out who else has influence on this decision or influences them. And you start to have this map um, of an organization. It doesn't always represent the organizational chart, but, but it often does, right? Most of the power, come on, let's, let's be honest, is above, it's not down below. And so that helps you. And, and by having people do this visually, they start to see, you know, who are the people they really need to influence, okay? Um, or or that, that would make these decisions, okay? and how might you get access to them, right? You know, Or how much you influence them, Um, and what matters to them, right? One of the things is helping people with their agendas is the number one way to help you with yours. Um, So when you map that out, you also see points, right, in networks, brokerage roles uh, that you can play, that you can be helpful to people, right? This is about getting things done after all. Um, and, And then you also can study maybe someone else who's done something you aspire to right has gotten promoted or shifted from specialist to generalist role um, and how did they take that path especially the people who do it quickly um, so you start to see what their strategies and like what I said before what the organization um, is promoting and then Steve you've got you know then we kind of sit back and look at this and say again there's there's kind of three options right you can say hey I've seen people who've done this maybe even talked to them and I've seen the, 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 the pieces here. I should be using more of these strategies, okay? The other is to say, I have, I really, it's about odds. I maybe have no hope, <laughs> right? A woman in a law firm I worked with, right? You know, she's, they're all men. They all went to Harvard. They all play golf together, right? And it's all been men in the last three years, past behavior versus what they, they say. So honestly, she doesn't have a lot of hope getting up there. Right? So then you look at the two other strategies, which is one is you have to break rules. Okay. And I mean, I'm mostly working with higher executives, but I do also just help young people, you know, younger people <laughs> and for them, Hey, you start to look at social media, AI as ways to build a business. The young know, guys over 45, like us, you know, we don't get that stuff as much anymore. So that's ways to be valuable and help those people and power and maybe take a quick path. Right? Uh, And then the third is maybe just say, you know, I just don't have hope in this organization. I ought to be going to look elsewhere. Um, And I know we don't want to, you know, put that out there. Corporate loyalty is very slim these days. And frankly, that's sometimes you go get an offer someone else, you know, your market value, you bring that back in, that's what moves the needle inside. I'm very blunt about these things. Mm -hmm. Um, And if you find yourself getting passed over and over, right, there's, there's something going on there. And I have a lot of guys saying, you know, I'm doing all the right stuff, but I just don't know what the piece is. Um, and so I help them kind of put together that there is there is a playbook um, on, on those elements.
0: Well, you know, what I love is you've got such a systematic approach to it. Um, and now I want to kind of turn the tables a little bit. And a lot of the people listening are going to be at the top already. They're going to be mm-hmm. you know, the entrepreneur, the business owner. They've got people working for them. Um, for somebody in that position um, with, you know, with their team, knowing that, that all this jockeying is going on, whether they like it or not, it's always going on in any organization. What advice do you have for the guy at the top or the, the girl at the top who is, has got this team and, um, and they want to have a good cohesive team maybe without a lot of the, you know, the, the negative politics going on?
1: Yeah. So uh, let me say two points to that question. One is <laughs> first of all, you know, even if you're in a leadership role, okay? Even if you're an entrepreneur, right? Everyone's got politics, you know, as soon as you go more than one person, you have interpersonal dynamics and organizational things popping in. So I don't see any organization that's immune to any of these things. And you're a CEO, you got a board, right? You're an entrepreneur, you've got investors, right? And those are people who who, who keep you in power <laughs> that you need to, you know, satisfy. You need to understand, um, you know, what is keeping you where you're at or, or helping you grow or get things done. So, so first, don't think you're immune to it, okay? And I, I, I do work with people who are at those different levels and feel like, okay, I don't have some of this stuff. Um, so the second point, and I think this is why, you know, it's really important, is one, you need to know that this goes on. Right. So, so, so just, you know, go getting, you know, a a leadership speaker who talks all these good things and saying all these good things. And and you can do that when you're near the top, right? You know, you can say these things, but it wasn't actually how you, how you got there. Um, so I think one is, is this, you need to recognize that, that it's happening and then you can do, you know, things right to, you know, I, I wouldn't say any organization I've seen is really good at this. Um, but, you know, some are making efforts on this, you know, in terms of who promotes who, right? And, and how people are getting feedback, you know, maybe it's more of a committee uh, that, 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 you know, and even some of this 360 uh, stuff that can go on in terms of getting someone promoted versus just one individual, um, per se. Um, to do things that eliminate bias, right, when you're... Um, giving out promotions and, 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 uh, raises and so forth, but it's tough. So you, you need to recognize some of those things and you, re, you need to recognize that, that we're people and we're irrational in, in how we're influenced. Um, you know, giving voice to people, um, uh, making sure there isn't possibilities of retribution occurring, right? So when you say you want feedback and someone gives you feedback, it's negative. Often the, the person who brought that, you take it out on them. Right. I've seen very career limiting moves. So I tell guys a lot, you know, don't be told, you cannot be totally honest in some of your feedback to your boss. You need to be very diplomatic about how you give that um, because I see that derail them and and it gets taken out on them later in the form of, you know, know, not getting that promotion or uh, being sidelined uh, when something big comes up. So those are a couple things that I think, um, you know, we need to be aware of uh, in our organizations.
0: Yeah, and I I think you know, to your point it's always happening. It's always there. I mean, if you've got more than yourself, you've got these things going on. Um you know, some of it's useful, you know. Sometimes getting somebody who understands how to how to navigate in a political situation with other people is actually good for the business and that's the person you want you know, moved up. I remember my my very first job out of college, Mm -hmm. um, ultimately became CEO of that firm in four years Mm -hmm. over people who had a lot more experience than me and were frankly a lot better. Technically, you know, they could deliver work better. Mm -hmm. But because I knew how to navigate the politics within the firm, I also knew how to navigate the politics outside the firm in the marketplace. And so some of that you want. And uh, I think the big takeaway for me in this is uh, to be more attuned to it, to be more aware that it's going mm-hmm. on and make sure that whatever is going on, you know, politically within your organization. And it's always there that you're intentional about it, that you're encouraging mm-hmm. the right things and discouraging the, the destructive behaviors because none of us need to get on, you know, the national news because yeah. of the destructive behaviors and, and more and more mm-hmm. there's, there's no hiding any of that.
1: Yeah. I mean, the, the problem in most organizations is stuff isn't getting done, right? Where people dig in their heels and they're, you know, too absolute about things, right? They have to win every battle. And that, you know, you get to a point in organizations or in your career where, hey, you're not going to like everyone around you and you've got to make stuff work. Um, and so there is, there is a valuable skill in that, um, you know, to your point. Um, you know, we just need to be attuned to it, right? I I mean, I teach as well, right? And it's this we're, we're always biased, right? You get, the, you get the papers that you grade at the end of the quarter and you see the name at the top, yeah, you know, and, and that, that, that student made a comment in the beginning that either irked you or made you, flattered you. <laughs> of course, you're biased when you're reviewing it. So, hey, take the name off the front, put it on the back and, and grade the papers first that way. So, you know, that, that's an example more in the teaching context, but, you know, clearly we can do some of those things in our organizations to help, you know, remove some of that bias, but you're never fully going to get away from it.
0: Well, Michael, this has been really valuable. And I know you do webinars periodically uh, where you, you teach this stuff that anybody can go and, and they can, yeah, I need to do more of it. <laughs> and, and I know you, you, uh, you sometimes will, will give folks a copy of the the power map when, when they come to a webinar. So yeah, we'll link to, um, to your site where folks can find that and they can find more, uh, about what you're doing, and uh, I, I just from from our own work together, um, and and hearing some of the successes that your students are having, um, it's it's really amazing to to see once once they have this different perspective, how quickly things can change in a positive way for them. And so um, I appreciate you, even though a lot of people may look at this, and I know you get this feedback sometimes. Oh, this is you know this is draconian what you're you're talking about, but Really, truly, you're you're bringing people into reality, and, and I think that's really important. And, and I'm I'm thankful that you're doing that.
1: Yeah. No. I mean, for me, I I, I do things I believe in. Um, you know, I, I don't take every client, and I I'm very you know have a discussion with everyone of what they want to do or what they're willing to do. Um, but I think this is a you know a service. Not a lot of other coaches do it. I I feel like my techniques and what I recommend is grounded. Um, and so, um, you know, I'm glad to do the service. I keep, I keep a small practice, you know, that, um, and so, you know, it probably should make it easier for people to contact me, but I always have that, always willing to have a conversation with people to see if they're the right fit. Absolutely. Um, for, for what they want.
0: So check out the show notes. We'll have a link mm-hmm. to Michael's website in there and, uh, and, and reach out to him. Um, I know he can uh, help you if you're, if you're in a situation where you're trying to move up the ladder or if, uh, if you've got an organization and you want to just keep a lid on this, I know he can, he can help you with that as well. Michael, thanks again for being on the show. Great to see you again.
1: Yeah, fantastic, uh, Steve. I, I really appreciate it. Thanks.
0: Thanks for listening to the Unstoppable CEO Podcast. Help others discover this show. Leave a review and rating on iTunes at unstoppableceo.net forward slash iTunes.